right, everybody. We have an amazing episode today. I'm just, I'm so excited for this because I was introduced to uh, today's guest, Sue from Sarah. And when I saw Sue's content, and I, I found out more about uh, her team. I realized Sue's figured something out, right? Because she's the co-owner and coach at Physique Development. Um, and she's been competing in bikini, bikini competitions since 2015. She started in fitness in 2013. And as she's doing this, you can just see there's a, a journey that's happening um, through her Instagram page, but she's providing amazing content, really helping people, but doing it in a very like caring and scientific way. It's, it's a beautiful thing. Um, she lives with her husband, Alex, who's also the co-owner of Team Physique Development. Um, and she's a coach for Team Physique Development and her two dogs, Gus and Tucker, are the <laughs> cutest people in the world. Um, <laughs> Who's, which one is two weeks old, by the way? Tucker. I'm obsessed with your dogs. Okay, yes. Tucker? <laughs> yes. Tucker, I think he's going to be like a 200-pound lap. He's the biggest he's lap big. ever. His, so his paws are like ginormous. I, I'm like a little scared because he's a little bit of a menace right now, as you would expect with like an eight- or nine-week-old puppy. Um, but, it, man, he's picking up on tendencies quick of Gus, and they are – they're a handful, but too cute to handle. <laughs> um, so we were gonna we were gonna do our podcast on uh, talking business and and you know really like ethically growing and some systems and stuff like that. But I think we'll just actually just talk about your dogs because I think um, that's rightfully so. We'll <laughs> <laughs> just do um just in the show notes just have pictures of the dogs. Um, I think that's actually, all I'm gonna really use it for your graphic on social media. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but without further ado, Sue, thank you so much for joining me. Um, talk me through your journey. Like you, I, I read on your, on your website, you've had this really cool journey of like kind of using fitness as a way to, uh, almost find yourself, which is really cool. Um, and I, I would love to hear more. Yeah. Well, thank you for that introduction, Stan. That makes me sound a lot cooler than I think I am, but I'll take it. Um, so as far as fitness and kind of being somewhat something that helped me become who I am or helped me find myself, um, I always like to say that fitness was the vehicle for me. And I find that each person has a different vehicle, um, whatever that may be. Maybe it was finding or meeting someone, or maybe it was a pivotal point in your life, or maybe it was reading a book or something like that, where it was a vehicle to allow you to get to where you needed to be. Um, and for me, it was fitness. And so it's not necessarily like, oh, fitness saved me, like the act of picking up and setting down weights made me the person I am today. But the lessons that the gym taught me were lessons that I needed to learn right then and there. Um, because my whole life, I struggled with the way that I looked. Um, I struggled with um, the size that I was. And I struggled with not finding myself capable in a lot of situations. Um, and also going into college, I was extremely lost because I was someone who was very good at school school growing up. And that was, that boded, bode, bell boded very well for me. Um, I went to school in a district where school is very important. Um, and it was something that uh, was very much so a focus for a lot of people and being able to be a valedictorian at my high school, um, being the president of multiple clubs, being a vice president of NHS, National Honor Society, being in these different panels with the principal. I just was like, 
feeling really good about where I was at in high school. And then I go to college and just realize I'm a small fish and I have no clue who I am. And I just kind of use the veil of school to be someone um, at the time. And I realized that I hadn't really figured out who I wanted to be um, or what I wanted to portrayed to others. And so once I got into college, I got really sucked into, okay, who can I be now? Because before I was the person who was good at school, um, but I was also a cheerleader and I had also had these other things going for me. And then I get to college, I'm just a nobody again. And so then I started to just try and be someone. And with that came a lot of partying um, because I ended up deciding to go with the route of the girl who could party a lot. Um, and that wasn't ever me in high school. So I really was just, it's very evident how lost I was at that time. Um, and if anyone knows me now knows that I'm not like a huge partier by any means. So um, it was very odd for me to go that direction. But that's kind of how I decided to fit in um, was being the girl that was at parties that people wanted to see at parties and to be fun, I guess. Uh, and then I started to get into fitness because I realized that no one, I had always been interested in looking a certain way, but I never felt like I could accomplish that. Um, and I didn't know anything about food. And I also just kind of got stuck in this place where I just thought it wasn't possible for me to look that way. I thought, well, my genetics aren't that great. It's just not possible. I'm never going to look that way. Um, so that was always my excuse for not being able to make changes to my physique. Um, and then one morning I woke up and I was like, no one drinks a whole fifth of tequila because they love themselves, um, I need to make a change. And I did like a complete 180 and went cold turkey from drinking and partying and was like, I'm going to start working out and start making something of myself. Um, and so I started getting into the gym. I had a friend that I went and she was my saving grace at that time just to be able to be someone that I met at the gym um, because I don't like to let people down. That's something that I know about myself and know that that was going to be a motivator for me. Um, and so I'm um, I met her at the gym like at 8 p.m. every night and knowing that she was going to be there and she was someone that I looked up to. I didn't want to let her down. I knew that she knew what she was talking about or at least she was enough to have her physique look a way that I wanted mine to look. Um, and so we just started going to the gym and the more I got into it, the more I realized how much I loved it um, and I just wanted to learn more and I got set on fire for having um, to learn about why I was doing an exercise or what I needed to do with in my nutrition. Um, and I just kind of dove into a rabbit hole with that. Um, and like I talked about with the lessons within the gym, it was something that I really learned how capable I was, um, where it wasn't something that I, I, I just realized that I could inspire people and I could change and I could help people. And before I was kind of stuck in a mentality that I was going to graduate college and just kind of like live my life, like not make much out of myself. Um, I don't know why that was my thought process, but I always thought I'll just move back to the town I grew up in. I'll have a job, a nine to five, and I'll get by. Um, and I really realized that I was capable of so much more. Um, and so I was able to then, after I graduated, uh, get certified as a CPT. Um, I had already been like on Instagram, so to speak, for about a year or so, just posting things as I was learning them. And even looking back, there's things that I learned that I've now learned are incorrect. But at the time, I was just posting whatever I learned, um, posting food recipes, posting 
transformations, whatever it was. Um, so I got my CPT. I started to train clients in person. Um, and then I started to transition to doing people online as well. Um, and then I actually moved states. And so a lot of the people that I was working with in person um, wanted to stay with me. So I translated them to being online. And then I went full-time online when I moved to Kentucky um, two years ago. Now I'm in Indiana right across the border. So I'm basically still in Kentucky. But um, when I moved two or so years ago, I just started everything online um, and started to go from there. That's amazing. And, and I think like you touched on something and it was like, it's very interesting. I, I feel like even like you hearing your story, it was like, I, I almost had the exact same thing, almost a little bit opposite where I was like only into fitness because I was trying to like fit in and like be cool. Um, but I like, I, I, I'm, I'm not that cool. So like it didn't work. Um, <laughs> but then it was, then it was interesting. Cause then I was like, oh, I'm going to party super hard and like, gotta be crazy for like my early, like late teens, early twenties. And then slowly but surely kind of found out like, oh, I can, I can actually use fitness, like you said, as a vehicle. And it, and it touches on like, I think just like that, that moment where all of our clients come to us essentially because they, they want to change something, right? They're not happy about the way that they look. They're not happy about something. And, it, and it's almost like they're trying to use fitness as just the vehicle to make that change. Mm -hmm. um, but then when they start to see themselves as becoming more capable and they start to pull some of those lessons from that, um, whether it's they hit a deadlift PR or they reach their goal weight and they're able to maintain it and, and stuff like that. Like, I think that's like, if there's one gift that you can give to a client, it's that, right? Like that's to me, like the literally the most important thing is like, you're learning that you're more capable than you ever gave yourself credit for. And I think yeah. like that's your story. I was like, Oh my gosh, like I see so many parallels, even though very different lives. Like I barely graduated high school. Like I was kind of like, not that cool. I just was bad at school. And like, I think it's, it's so cool. Cause like, that's, that's such a, a an impactful story for so many of us like fitness professionals and also just, just general like people. Right. And I'd love to hear a little bit though. Like, you know, you, so you went and you started to have people say, Hey, can you keep training me? Obviously a sign that you were doing a great job in person. Uh, what was that transition? Like when you were doing some online coaching, was it all of a sudden you just popped up and you're like, yeah, easy. And it was like this amazing experience and you had everything all figured out on day one or were there some, uh, mistakes that were made? I definitely did not have everything figured out on day one. Um, and it's been really cool because as we bring on more and more coaches to team physique development, um, one of the things that we're doing to have coaches on board is that they have to work with us first um, as clients uh, to not only learn about the processes and learn how we coach firsthand, um, but it's also something where they're investing into our coaching service. And so we want to turn around and invest back into them. Um, and we've just found it's been better as far as as, um, being able to have something more long-term, something where you've really found out that person's character. And I think that when you coach someone, you learn a lot about their their tendencies and their character and what kind of human being they are. Um, so it makes you feel a little bit more secure as you bring them onto your team and saying, hey, I trust this person that you know about them. Um, but with that, as they're our client, it's been really cool to teach them um, about coaching and have be just basically open 
open door for any questions they have about coaching or what they're doing. Um, and some of them might have coaching services that they're starting, but it's just kind of in the infancy stages. And so it's cool to be able to kind of walk them through, okay, these are the a million mistakes I made starting off. Please do not make these mistakes or at least make them for a shorter period of time than I did. Um, so with that, I was incredibly lucky that my husband, Alex, I, we were not married at the time we were just dating. Um, but he was already online coaching. So he was, um, working at vitamin shop and going to school full time. And then also was online coaching on the side. And he started, I believe it was back in 2013. Um, it could have been before that, honestly, because he's been into fitness for a very long time. Um, but he was already online coaching or, or putting out programs or coaching people in general. Um, and he had already had stabilized physique development for about a year um, or two before I'd even met him. Um, and then being able to have my own coaching. So I had Sue Gaines coaching at the time. Um, and then to have met him and have him guide me. And that's one of the things that I often tell people is to have a mentor of some sorts if you can. Um, but he guided me and helped me um, take steps over mistakes, even though, of course, you're still going to make mistakes because you think you know everything when you start out. Um, but I was able to have him as a mentor um, and him to guide me along the way starting off. So I was able to jump over some of those mistakes. Um, but that was a huge part. Um, and even with that, we have learned together, even looking back, at that time to be like, oh my gosh, what were you doing at that time? We thought we had it all figured out from step one because we were at step two. And now we look back and we're like, wow, we were really dumb right back then about how we handled things, how we went about things, different systems we put into place, um, different ways that we talk to clients, different boundaries that we set. Um, those were all so far and few, like so different than what they are now. Um, and it's cool to look back on those and just see the growth um, and see how much of that had to happen the way it did for us to be able to grow um, because you do have to make mistakes along the way. You can't just be handed a golden um, manual to say this is how you do everything because I can promise you even if you were handed that golden manual, you would still uh, veer from it, just human nature to think that you know more than something else. Um, but it's something that takes practice and it takes failing and it takes being able to see that happen firsthand and be like, well, I need to change this because this isn't working for me um, and being able to put it into practice. I will also say when it comes to me coaching online, I had been coaching some people online before I moved. Um, and I will forever be grateful of my parents for being able to let me move back in with them after college. So after I graduated college, I graduated college um, a year early and it was like a deal with them that if I graduated early, they would help me pay for a car payment. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I'm doing it. I'll take 21 credit hours. I don't care. Um, and so I had graduated with a broadcast journalism degree and then I, and I'd worked at a radio station. I had worked on a TV station station. Um, and then I moved back home with my parents and it kind of felt like a defeat where I was like, well, that's not the steps that people take in their lives. You graduate college and then you move on. You don't move back to your parents' house. So I felt a little bit like a failure at that point, but it was something where my parents allowed me and my sister to both move back home. Um, and we were both starting our own businesses and that has 
paid dividends through the years for both of us for starting new businesses to go about it in an ethical way and to go about it in a way that we had the comfort um, of not having to pay rent. Um, and that's a huge privilege that they gave us that um, to be able to grow our business um, during that time where we could focus on our business um, and have that availability. Um, now they definitely just didn't pay for everything. They still made us work um, and still made us do other things, but um, it was extremely helpful to be able to set us up for the most success there because I was able to work another job as well as work on my personal training um, and to be able to grow it in that way, in a way that I didn't have to just accept every client that came to me or do things that were um, less than ideal to be able to get that paycheck. That's, that's fantastic. I mean, I think it's, it's one of those things where that's like the first year of a business. So it's sketchy, right? Like you're, <laughs> you're, you're getting started. And even like, I mean, even when you first start, it's like, there's so much stuff that has to happen. And it almost sounds like you and you and Alex have done this too, where you almost have to be a scientist and you almost have to just put stuff out there and like try a new system, try a new way to talk to clients or a new way to run your business, whatever it might be. And see if it works. And sometimes it doesn't. And then you go back to what you were doing before. Like there have been times where I'll, I'll like start doing one thing and then I'm like, the other thing worked better. I'm just going back to what I was doing a year ago because it worked and it was great. And then it goes back and it works just fine. And, and that, yeah, like, I mean, it, it's amazing that you were able to kind of reduce the risk um, to do that. But I think at the exact same time, like even if you did have to pay rent or anything like that, like you, you also were still working a ton. Like you were probably, I mean, your work ethic is amazing, obviously, like, cause you're very successful in high school and, you know, obviously it's all, like you're like, yeah, I was like sitting and I would like play video games for seven hours and then I'd, you know, like, <laughs> send out an email and then I'd play video games for like five more hours, right? Like you're, you're, you're hustling. Um, and, and mm -hmm. people, I think forget that. Like, I think a lot of times when people are trying to get into online coaching and stuff like that, there's almost this, this element of like people see Sue Gaines right? And they say, she has 35,000 followers and this like super cool business and all this stuff. Like they don't see you in your parents' house hustling and working so hard to get from point A to point B, right? Like the, the process to get there is, is a lot. Um, talk me through like, what, what were some of those mistakes? And like, what were some of the biggest lessons that you kind of learned as you were going that like, um, you know, for example, maybe you were like, oh, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to post super complex sciencey things uh, on Instagram about, you know, the Krebs cycle. And then you're like, oh, it doesn't work that well. <laughs> what, what were some of the things that didn't work and what were some of the things that did work, like early stages especially? Yeah, I want to touch on one thing that you mentioned, though, about that perception that people have once they see you and they just kind of expect to be at that place or they just have a very skewed perception of how you got to that place. Um, is that something we've run into recently? Alex and I have some people that, whether we're mentoring or friends that we know that kind of want to get into fitness, um, and they're just like, well, I want to be where you guys are at. And it's like, well, Alex has five, six years of of his life invested in this. And I have, uh, 
three, four, five years of my life invested in this. It's not that this end product, if you want to call it that, which this is not the end for physique development. We have lots of plans <laughs> to come, but you see this end product of, okay, we are 24 and 25 years old and we live in a, a house and we have the availability to do X, Y, and Z. And you see that and you want that, but you don't see what went into it. Um, so for me, it came from being absolutely dirt poor coming out of college. Um, and throughout college, not only was I taking 21 credit hours each semester, um, but I also had a job during that time. And I was working at a radio station and a TV station um, and prepping for my first bikini competition. So there was a lot going on that I was just trying to soak up and learn as much as I could and also accomplish as much as I could so I could go ahead and get started with what I wanted to actually do with my life because I did didn't want to do broadcast journalism anymore. Um, and so then moving back with my parents, it was this feeling of defeat, but it was also this great, great opportunity that fell into my lap. Um, and so what I did was I actually worked at a restaurant and I would work there from 4 or 5 a.m. until about 3 p.m. And then the rest of the day, I would spend either learning, studying, or training someone um, and take that time to do that. Um, and it was something that I I was always on my computer. I was always trying to figure something out. I was trying to get more certifications because I got my CPT certification soon after I graduated. And then I went for my fitness nutritionist certification. Um, and then I was like, well, this isn't enough because what I always say is you learn a little bit, um, you feel really smart, you learn a little bit more and you feel like the dumbest person in the room. Um, and that's the cycle of learning. <laughs> it's super fun. Um, so all this while living at my parents trying to um, not only create something for myself, but I'm also now in this role where I'm back to feeling like I'm a high schooler or middle schooler and dealing within the relationship with my parents and I and figuring out what that looks like as me as a professional living in their house versus like me being a child living in their house. So navigating through that, um, as well as trying to put out content on Instagram to be able to get more clients, to be able to pay my bills, to take more time away from working at the restaurant, to be able to move out of my parents' house, um, and to be able to have the space that I needed to be able to create more because I'm definitely someone who is very aware of what my environment is, what my space is, and what my work capacity is within those spaces. And I had just realized that like my ability to work at my parents' house was not where I needed it to be. Um, and so it was like, okay, I need, and at that year mark, I lived with them for about a year. Um, at that year mark, I was like, this needs to kind of be the end of this stage of my journey. And I'm forever thankful for it, but I need to be able to put my feet to the fire and move on. And that was something we're taking that leap. And especially like that was right when I got married as well. Um, meeting Alex, doing long distance, um, six hour drives every other weekend, and then planning a wedding while again, I was in another bikini prep. I don't know why I try to put all these things on my plate. Um, <laughs> and another bikini prep while also planning a move to a different state, um, doing all of that, and then taking this leap to this apartment where, okay, I can pay the bills all by myself without Alex, because that was a huge thing for me is like, I want to make sure that I can do this, um, to be to the spot where we're now 
now married. We're navigating through our first year of marriage. And then we're also trying to both run businesses from home in a two bedroom apartment. Um, so it was something where there was a lot of trial and error, a lot of us being scientists um, and a lot of us just freaking trying was basically all that we were doing was just trying to get by um, and just trying to facilitate that growth. Um, but then you look at us now in a five bedroom house that I'm so grateful to be able to afford with the dogs and building a home gym. And it's very hard to see everything that we did at the beginning. Um, and something I also like to say to first time coaches is the beginning is going to suck and that's okay. Um, again, people see this perception of people having this quote free time or this flexibility that people think that we have as online coaches. And I won't negate the fact that I have more flexibility than someone in a nine to five has. I realize that, but I definitely don't have more time in my day by any means. Um, and there's a lot of pros and cons to working at home, working for yourself, all of that, that we could definitely dive into. Um, but it was something of the first two years. And even honestly, right now is a work, 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 work. Um, and it's a time that you don't get this like fun balance to your life because you're trying to create something extraordinary. Um, and when you're trying to go for extraordinary or extraordinary, whatever it is, that's going to take dedication. That's going to take time. And that's going to take doing something outside of the norm. Okay. If you're working a nine to five, not that you can't be extraordinary within that nine to five, but that's a little bit different than building your own business and realizing that everything and every step that you take personally right there is going to determine whether or not that business is successful. Um, so as a 21-year-old trying to navigate through that and recognizing that this all depends on me at this moment, um, there is going to be a lot of long days, long nights, and days where you want to pull your hair out and days where you feel like you're not making enough money for the amount of effort that you're putting into it. Um, but it's all worth it and part of the process to get to where you need to be. So um, as you getting back to the original question you asked of um, kind of like what did those mistakes look like along the way, um, one would be not getting an accountant sooner um, and not trying to figure out everything finances wise sooner. When you first get started, it's very easy to kind of just be like, oh, I'm not really making that much money. I don't need to keep track of these things or I don't need to have contracts in place and something with me. Um, and Alex says that it's a pro and a con of me is that I'm very trusting of people. So I just assume the best in people. And then I just got screwed over a lot in the first year of coaching. And that's when I learned I need to put something better in place because I just got screwed over a million times and I can't do it again. Um, and it was truly just because I thought, well, I would never do that to someone. So why would someone do that to me? Um, so being able to hire an accountant and get different contracts in play as well and get everything situated, um, that is going to make the most sense for the IRS because being audited and being self-employed is not fun. So don't don't even try to play with fire with that whatsoever. Um, the other thing would be setting boundaries sooner. Um, I felt like even though I had some security within living with my parents, I still felt that push of needing to make money. Um, so it was a little bit less of a push. So it wasn't something where I felt like I had to compromise all my values to be able to pay my bills. But it was something where I was like, I need to be able to make a living with this. Um, and so I started to first 
first take on clients that I knew didn't mesh well with me, but the money was very alluring. Um, and then I didn't set boundaries with clients. I was at their beck and call. Um, and then I also didn't establish myself as the authority figure within the relationship. Um, so those were three things really early on that I didn't do. Um, but I'm glad that I didn't because I had to be able to learn through that to be able to value my own time more, um, as well as recognize what the relationship needed to be between coach and client. Because um, learning it helped me learn a lot about myself and my tendencies. So learning that I'm a very trusting person and not that I need to become negative and think the whole world is out to get me, but I do need to put systems in place to, to make sure that I'm not getting screwed over. Um, so realizing that I'm a trusting person and that's a great thing about me, but I need to do that in a way that is going to facilitate business growth. Um, I also learned that I like to be liked by people. So that coach client relationship of having to be more of an authority figure and having to be strict and having to uphold those rules was something that I had to really work at to figure out what my voice as a coach was. Um, and then also learning about myself, about how I am productive within my time. Um, I do better with a full plate. Um, and I also do better when I have... Um, when I have knowledge of what my schedule is. I'm so bad if you tell me like, oh, we'll do that sometime today or whatever. Like it's not getting done. Like if it's not on my to-do list and I don't have a time to do it, it's probably not getting done. Um, so learning those tendencies about myself not only helped me within business to use my strengths um, or to build um, more support around my weaknesses, um, but it also allowed me to dive into what I needed to develop within my business to be successful. I, I love that. And, and literally like when you were talking about being 21 and like really being in that position of like, Oh my gosh, it's all on me. I remember like I, I started my gym. I was 21. Maybe I just turned 22. And, uh, I, I had, after our first year, like the first year was like, I was just like PayPaling people. Like I have no idea. We had like barely any members. We were like $99 per month. Same thing. We would just take on anybody, like literally anybody. And, uh, and I remember I, I had like that kind of same realization at some point where all of a sudden I went, Oh my God, like this is it. Like I'm 21 and this is all on me. I have to figure this out. And it was like the scariest thing ever, but also then like, I was talking to, um, I don't know if you know Bethany Taylor, but uh, she was one of the guests that I had on uh, a couple, like a couple of weeks ago, I think. And, um, and we were talking about how like, there's also this element where when you are in that position, I think some people respond super well and it makes it so, yeah, you're working, you know, until 11 o'clock at night sometimes and you're working really hard because you have to, you know, push something out, like get a, get a deadline done. But at the exact same time, it's like, you don't even feel like you're working because it's so important to you. And, and it's like, your your feet are to the fire. And, and, and it sounds like you're one of those people where you respond very well when like, I guess the stakes are a little bit high, but also there's a lot of stuff. And you're like, all right, like, I feel like I, I want to like conquer that that challenge, you know? Um, yeah. Those are, those are amazing lessons. I think the, the big one, like, that I think uh, I, I've even struggled with personally is, is um, like you were saying, just understanding your tendencies and your strengths and your weaknesses and understanding that I think a lot of people will come into coaching with this mindset of I'm a good coach. Like when I started my, my gym, it was like, I'm a good coach. People that I train at the gym really like working with me. 
that's all I need. But then you find out you're like, oh, I need billing. I need like contracts. Like I would have, I would pay me $99 on uh, PayPal because Venmo didn't exist yet. And then they would pay me $99 next month. Or I would like ask them, I would request them four times and they would just keep coming to classes. And I'm like, hey man, you can't do this anymore, right? And, and that's like such a, a, an important thing. Like there's skills. So like you learn what you're really good at and then you build on the skills where maybe you need to work on that. Like having those like harder conversations with clients, having, um, you know, that not distrust in a person, but maybe you're a little bit yeah. like, Hey, <laughs> get this in writing that you're going to be uh, paying me or working for me in this way or, or, or that way, you know? Um, and then talk me through kind of like the scaling of this business, because it's, it's something where I think once you start to set boundaries, you start to say, okay, well, if I'm not going to be investing all of my time in anybody that wants to work with me, I'm only going to work with the right people. I need to do kind of two things, find those people and attract them, but also make sure that I'm doing this in a way that's respectful of my time and I'm not uh, like burning myself out. I don't know if you ever got burnt out. Like I remember there were times where I just like work super hard, crash, work super hard, crash because yeah. I was... <laughs> I was never feeling. I was just like human, human capital, sweat equity, uh, and that only goes so far. Uh, it's not for, not for a <laughs> it while. <laughs> only goes so far, um, and we've experienced it multiple times of burnout along the way. So um, it's part of the journey, I would definitely say. Um, but within that, I would say that um, as far as business, I think that you also need to find out do you want to be a coach or do you want to be a business owner? Um, because that's something that a lot of people don't ask themselves. I originally didn't want to be, I wanted to be a business owner, but I didn't know what I was signing up for. Um, and then I was like, oh crap, do I want to do this all by myself? Um, and that's something with bringing on coaches to physique development. They're coaches that are great but they don't necessarily want to own their own business and they might not have the ability to successfully run their business and pay their bills and be in a place that they can be where they need to be if they're also trying to run the business. Um, and I think that some people might look at themselves as less of being like, well, I'm not a business owner or maybe that's not the role I take. But I think that being able to decide that so you don't end up starting a business and then crashing that business and then having to start over again or find a different path is something important. And Alex and I definitely do compliment each other. Um, we also have another co-owner named Austin and we also compliment each other as a whole. So um, within Alex, Alex is very big picture business minded and he thinks of some things within business that I sometimes just gloss over. Um, but I am very organized and um, people oriented and good at disseminating information, um, which Alex is not strong at. Um, Austin is very, very great at being able to have educational resources um, and being able to just dive into a different aspect of coaching um, and be able to present information in a very great way. Um, and so it's all of us have different strengths. And we've talked about multiple times how we could all run success, successful coaching businesses as each of our own people, but we wouldn't be able to be as successful if we weren't doing it together. Um, and with that, not only do we do it together, but there's also people behind the scenes. It's not just us um, of running that. And that's something that allowed us to scale was not trying to let our ego stand in the way of I can do everything. 
everything. And that's something I realized I'm bad at. I'm bad at delegating. And I've had to get better at that to be able to scale the business. So um, some things that we put in place to scale the business, um, and I'll kind of talk on me personally just because um, I don't want to take words from Alex or Austin, um, but it's also something where I started a little bit different because I started in my own coaching, like Sue Gaines coaching, and then merged into the Zeke physique development. Um, So as I talked about to begin with, I was really having a hard time scaling because I was just exchanging time for money. Um, And that's where most people start out. Like you're not really going to bypass that stage of exchanging time for money um, because you really are just deciding what's your time worth, how much do I charge for that, and that's the price I'm going to tell someone. Um, But I also, when starting out, I didn't have... um, really a game plan of how timeframes with clients looked, um, with what their check-in each looked like, and then how I was going to progress from there. So then I got stuck at a certain number of clients because I couldn't progress past it because I didn't have any more time in the day. Um, And then I had to put systems in place to be able to allow myself to have some more time to be able to scale that moving forward. So when I started out, I said, Clients, and I roll my eyes at myself saying this, I said, clients have 24-7 access to me. I marketed my coaching that way, and I thought it was very alluring that they could text me with any question that they had. And when you have five to 10 clients, that's fine. But once you get past that, it is no longer fine, and you just burn yourself completely to the ground. Um, And what you have to realize along the way with building your business is where you start to um, develop resentment or frustration is where you need to focus things on. So I had this of 24-7 access to me. They had their specific check-in day, but they could text me at any time. Um, And that led to me having massive amounts of frustration and resentment starting towards clients that didn't deserve it. Um, So what would happen was, I would send them everything in email and then they wouldn't respond to the email and then they would text me and need an immediate response. But maybe I was at the gym and that was my hour of the day that I was focusing on myself. But then my phone buzzes and it's a client and they're asking me a question and it was a deep sigh because I was like, okay, I got to answer them because they're paying me and this is the only way I can make money right now is making them happy. And so I got stuck in this loop of continuously trying to please my clients so much that I was running myself into the ground um, and didn't allow myself any balance. And then I started to respect my time more. And I started to say, if you, you have to check in on this day, you have to check in by this time. If you don't check in by this time, then your check-in is either getting pushed to the next day or it's not getting answered. Um, All correspondence will be done through email you can email me anytime. It's not like you only have your one check-in day, but it'll all be done through email because I want to free up my phone because it got to the point where my texts were so high. I wasn't responding to family. I wasn't responding to friends. I was so like, like just immobilized by the fact that I had so many messages to the point that I didn't want to answer any of them. Um, So having like those boundaries in place of you can't text me, that's going to be my personal number. Um, You have my email, you can email me, but with emails, you're going to hear back from me within 24 to 48 hours. Don't send a follow-up email if it's been shorter than 48 hours because 
I will answer it within 48 hours. Um, being able to, again, respect my time and then being able to be more comfortable with charging for what I thought I needed to charge. Because starting off, I was so like, I'm like, I'm starting off. I'm new. No one's going to want to pay for me. I just need to lowball myself. And I lowballed myself and you're going to lowball yourself starting off and that's okay because you need to learn what your time is worth. Um, and then you start to get frustrated about how much time you're putting into something for the time that or the money that you're getting out of it. So then you become more confident in your skills um, and hopefully you're continuously learning within your skills because I've gotten more and more certifications, gone to more and more seminars since starting off. I haven't stayed stagnant in what I know um, and then being able to feel comfortable with charging that and then talking about kind of how I said that I was taking on any client that was willing to pay me. What I do now is I have an inquiry call with each client and that's something that sometimes I wish that I could put a better system in place to streamline that but that at the same time is a huge alluring thing within my coaching I believe within our coaching of the fact that you can get me on the phone call for free without paying for something so I'm showing up for you and giving you some of my time and I think that's very very valuable for someone who's trying to invest in themselves um, and it's also adding that personal side of personal training it's very hard to convince someone to pay um, thousands of dollars for you when they might not even know who you are and because sometimes you have long time followers and that's great and they're easier and warm sales but sometimes you have colder sales and if you don't get on that phone call with them just pitching a price is very hard um, because on the phone call I not only have them talk I talk about the service everything that's included everything that they get from me and it's a huge upsell of this point of maybe that person would have wouldn't have paid that if I would have just sent what the price was, but they just got 30 minutes of my time. They understand that my time is valuable because I've made it very clear that my time is valuable. Um, they respect that aspect of me. They respect that I took time out of my day to talk to them. Um, I talked them through everything that they get in the service and even talked towards some of the points from when they talked at the beginning of the call. Um, so having that call is also great way for me to vet out if someone's good to work with me. Um, and I try to make that very clear as I want a beneficial relationship for both of us. Um, and there's been times where I've said, hey, I just don't think our relationship's going to be the best. I either refer them to another coach on staff or refer them to a completely different person um, or say that they need, if I, if I believe so, that they might need help outside of an online coach, um, whether it's someone who's vocalized in the call that they don't do well with not having someone near them to hold them accountable, or if it's something where a lot of red flags are popping up that they might need more of a certified professional um, within a different realm than me. So it allows me to not feel like, oh, now I have to refund someone's money because I didn't do my due diligence. Um, I have the due diligence of not only that call, but an intake form that also is even more of a due diligence to make sure that I'm matching up with someone. Um, and that I have that information. So that was another thing of having an intake form of being able to um, have that information. Because when I first started off, I would just be like, tell me about yourself. And then it was like, let me make a plan from this short blurb you've given me about yourself. Um, but then having like a full-on questionnaire diving into what they've been doing, what they are currently doing. Um, and learn, like also the questions are designed to, um, like I did a lot of research on the questions on those questionnaires to make sure that I was truly learning about that person, learning about their tendencies and learning about where they fell short um, and asking questions that they had to personally dive into themselves to understand the answer. So not only 
hey, what have you done in the past? But why didn't that work in the past? And what's changed right now? And why do you think coaching is going to work for you now? Um, asking questions like that where they have to dive in to learn about themselves. So um, having the call, having the questionnaire, having timelines for them about like what's expected out of them. So I'm not just a slave to my clients. They realize that I have expectations for them. And I also ask their expectations for me. So we are very clear on that. And there's no miscommunication or misinterpretation on what that is. Um, and then another thing that I started really early on was doing voice memos for my responses to their check-ins um, because with emails, you can't read tone. You can't tell what someone's saying and it's harder to build a relationship via email. And so being able to give voice memo responses was something that not only helped me because um, I realized that typing was slowing me down, uh, but it's also something where I like to talk and I like to explain myself. Again, broadcast journalism. I, I went all through high school and college learning how to talk in front of people and how to disseminate information. Um, so it was something that I could take something that I was passionate about and use that within my coaching. Um, and they could hear my tone and they could hear me show up for them. Um, and then even to the point of the business side of things of how we communicate within business partners um, and how we put information out there, um, as well as having different contracts in place and different timelines for each person. So it was something that each step was taken at a different time. It wasn't all implemented at once, but it was like you said, being a scientist of let me try this, see how this works, um, see where I fail. And it's very helpful to see where you fail because then you need to put a fail safe in there. Um, so it was something where, okay, I'm trusting this person. I put a contract where they, or I send the PayPal link that they're going to pay this. Um, but then I would send a PayPal link. I would start working on their thing. I would spend all this time and the person would never pay. So then I was like, okay, now I make it clear. I do not start working on your onboarding until I've received a payment. And that negated a lot of work for me um, and also made sure that they realize that they're not getting a refund from that first payment. I've already done the work um, and like that's put into place where I made a few mistakes my first time of doing a lot of work and not getting paid for it. Um, and then it was the process of realizing, okay, they need to submit it by a certain time on a certain day because I'm not going to sit at my computer from 5 a.m. until 10 p.m. waiting for one check, like for your check-in. I'm also not going to be a babysitter and go and find your check-in. You are an adult and you're going to send it to me by this time and putting that, that, place that thing in play and expecting more out of your clients shows them not only how capable they are, but also shows that they don't need to be babied along the way. Um, so that's another thing that is very helpful for finding your ideal client is figuring out how you want to run your business and not only structuring how you post moving forward with that, but also making it very clear what you expect out of them because that's going to weed out some people. It weeds out a lot of people for me, for people who realize how serious and how dedicated I am that they realize, oh, I'm not really at that point yet. I don't, I don't want to waste. And I have people say, I'm not ready. I don't want to waste your time yet on calls. And I'm like, thank you. Like, I appreciate that. If it comes to a point where you do feel ready to do this, then I'm here for you. Um, but being able to put those different things in place allows you to um, 
forge forward a business that is going to suit what you want out of it, as well as to make it that you're not pulling out your hair. As coaches, we all love helping people or we want to be coaching. There's many other jobs that we could do that we don't have to love helping people for, but we love helping people and we want to make sustainable change in their life. But it's very hard to do that with someone who doesn't want to do the same. And it's very hard to do that with someone who doesn't mesh within your teaching tendencies. And so fine tuning what that looks like is extremely important to not only have growth within your business, because you're not going to be constantly wanting to pull your whole head of hair out because you're working with a client that doesn't work well with you. Um, But it's going to allow you to dive into other aspects than feeling like you have to like form everything around this one person. Um, so there's a million more steps along the way within that, but like, those are some examples of things where, okay, I didn't get paid. So now I need to put a fail safe in place. Um, okay. I got paid, but, um, they also then decided to stop working with me and not tell me, um, okay, now I need to put another fail safe that you need to, your payment is getting pulled regardless, unless you give me a one month heads up that you want to discontinue work with me because my income, it's so variable to begin with, with being self-employed that I need to put as much things in place that I can have security within such variability, um, of, okay, I need a one month heads up. And that's something very realistic to ask someone. Um, But if you don't ask someone, they're not going to do that. And then that was the point of no one was trying to be maliciously screw me over. They were just like, oh, I'm done working. I've I've reached my point. And it's like, well, you never told me. And now I was expecting that money. And now I'm not getting that money. And then now I'm frustrated. And you don't want to continue. And now I don't want to ask you to continue. And you're in this weird conversation with people where it could have all been negated while putting your expectations out there and also like making that mistake first. Yeah, I, I love that. And, and, it, and it all kind of ties back to like uh, you were saying, like when you start to feel that like resentment and frustration, that's how you know something, there's something wrong, you need to fix it. Right. And, and like, and, and it, it's also like we, we started coaching like you said, like we started coaching because we care and because we want to help people. And I think sometimes these like setting these, these boundaries or setting these systems up, whether it's billing or contracts or whatever, it allows us to always come from that like caring place. Um, and that like place of being truly dedicated to them because you're like, okay, like I'm not going to be pissed at you about money. I'm not going to be having a conversation with you trying to run you down for your Venmo. Uh, because you didn't pay me this month. You know what I mean? Like, and, and I think that's where, that's where a lot of people, like they almost, they almost feel bad doing that stuff because like, well, I I don't want them to think that I'm uh, like just using them to make money. It's like, well, like you can't really care about them at the exact same time when you're like frustrated and annoyed, maybe not even saying it, or maybe somebody else annoyed you about it. And then you're bringing it. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. or like that pressure or I don't know if you've ever done this, but I remember when I would do like the PayPal's and stuff like that, I remember I would always feel so awkward. Like I would be doing that, like, um, you know, let's say it was like month two and they were finishing up their workout and I'd be like, uh, Hey, by the way, you got to Venmo me, you know, $600 for our, our month of training. And I'm like, oh, I can't believe I'm saying, and every time they were like, cool. Yeah. All right. Here you go. They're fine. They're never weird about it. Yeah. But I was, I felt <laughs> weird. And I, it through that whole session the sessions before that i felt weird because i was like oh i gotta ask this person for money and when you when it's just there and it's like all right this is like the billing this is the billing cycle this is where you're going to be paid 
know, this like the monthly price or the quarterly price, whatever you do, it feels a lot less like, like you don't have to carry it in your mind. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, they're just going to get charged and they're going to pay, you know, it's, it's better. And that was something for me where like I tried to use Venmo to begin with, but Venmo, you can't, um, you can't like put in a claim with Venmo per se. If someone doesn't pay a bill with PayPal, you can. And so what had happened was that again, I failed where this girl and it was, I've never had this happen before. It, it was such a weird experience, but she was working with me. Everything was fine. And she was paying through Venmo. And then like all of a sudden she just like got a new boyfriend and decided she wanted to stop everything and like blocked me on everything and blocked me. Like she, I said like, Hey, just a reminder, like I haven't gotten your payment this month. And she was like, yeah, yeah, I'll send it. And then like blocked me on everything for like no reason, didn't give an explanation, like everything was kosher within like our, it was such a weird experience, but I was like, well, I can't get my money from her and I can't like ask PayPal to like look at that claim of money that I deserve kind of situation. And it was something within Venmo, you have to personally send out the billing or the request or they have to be good enough to pay it on time each month. And that was such a stressor for me because I was running down payments and then it was taking away from my ability to show up as a coach. So then I moved everything to PayPal, even though it was a little bit less helpful for some people who would have preferred to pay via Venmo. I made it clear like, hey, as a business owner, I can't chase payments. And on PayPal, I could do reoccurring payments where I don't have to bill people. PayPal bills them every month. Um, and I am able to cancel it. I'm able to change kind of what that looks like, but I don't have to run and chase down payments. They just get billed. And that took a huge stress off of my plate of feeling like I had to have this money conversation every month with X amount of clients or to be asking for or anything like that. And so that also helped within the clients that I was getting where the fact that they knew that money was coming out um, and they couldn't kind of take a sidestep away from that. So it was something that added even another layer of like, I have to show up for this as a client to them because they know they can't kind of ditch out of it. Um, so it was even making the mistake on trying to be more flexible and use Venmo with people, realizing that I can't have the systems in play, even though Venmo doesn't take money out of it and PayPal does, that money taking away from PayPal was worth the service to not have to worry and stress about chasing people down for payments and to be able to make claims in about any kind of payments that were gone unpaid. So it's kind of weighing the pros and cons of that, but again, making the mistake and then being able to see, okay, how can I fix this or how can I facilitate this in a way that I'm not doing something? And it's kind of like, what's worth my time? And that's what I ask myself time and time again is like, what is my time worth and what's worth my time? We have hired a virtual assistant that does a lot of remedial work for us. And it's the point of, yes, I'm capable of doing it, but it's no longer worth my time um, because that assistant can't show up as a coach and can't bring in clientele and can't pay my bills um, from being able to do those things. But I can, and I can pay someone um, because once you figure out what your time is worth, realizing you're not going to do anything for less than that is extremely important. Um, so like I understand what my time per hour is worth and I've even um, like hired people that I thought I would never hire per se, but I realized like them doing that task is so worth me paying them so that my mind can be like 
doing something else. Um, and being able to realize what your worth is and what your time is worth within that was a huge turning point within my coaching as well. I love that. And, and what I'm interested in is like, how do you, so like I, I, I made a note, like I, I take notes live. <laughs> I, I like, I'm, I'm learning so much. And, and I think like it, it helps also with, um, you know, writing the show notes and stuff like that. But like the one thing I kind of got as, as this whole conversation has gone is like, you are, are, I think very good at like making the mistake and then trying to figure out like what, like this, this mistake happened for a reason, right? Like what was that reason? How do I get a lesson out of it so that I can be better, right? And surrounding yourself with Austin and Alex and like you're, you're learning from all these people who see things slightly differently. So you can, you know, kind of have synergy in that way. What I'm interested in for, for you is like, how, do, how did you come into this very aware of what your strengths and your weaknesses were? Or was it something where you, you made mistakes and uh, realized this is maybe a place where it's like, you can't really create a system for having uh, those like crucial conversations with clients, right? Like yeah. there's no system for being like, I just want to be liked by everybody. <laughs> uh, really like that, that's something that it takes some internal work and identifying your strengths, identifying your weaknesses, playing to your strengths. Like you said, hiring the virtual assistant because you're like, I, if I spend my time doing the things that I'm really good at, I'm going to be able to be more successful. And uh, at the exact same time, there are certain things that I'm, I need to strengthen uh, that are my weaknesses so that I can continue to do that one thing that I really want to do better. Um, how do you, how do you, how have you identified them? Like, I know people will do like a strengths finder test or like an Enneagram or, you know, those things might be a little bit helpful, but I think there are certain times where it's maybe a lesson or somebody points it out. Like how, how have you found a lot of these? Yeah. Um, I actually, through my senior year of college, was very showing to me about kind of how I spent my time and what I was good at. And then from senior year of college, I've just completely like dove into that. Um, so within college, I realized that I was really bad at time management. Um, and what would happen is that I would write this huge to-do list for the day and I'd be like, yeah, I'm going to get it all done. And then I would get like four things marked off the list and feel like a failure. And that would happen week after week after week. So it wasn't within one day that I figured it out. It was week after week where I was like, why am I not getting these things done? And then I realized that the list that I was making was truthfully unrealistic and what I could accomplish in a day. So then I started to take everyday tasks that I was doing and I started to time myself doing those tasks to find the average of how long it took me to do that. So even stuff like getting ready or choosing an outfit or making breakfast or what I was really bad at is I would not factor in the time it took to get somewhere. So now I'm like super weird about... Um, like anytime that I'm going somewhere, like I'll look it up to double check how far away it is. So I make sure I'm leaving at the right time. So I'm not late kind of situation. Cause I like, you can only do something so many times before you're like really fed up with yourself or like I was so constantly late and I thought it was like this fun quirky thing about me that Sue's always late. And I was like, no, that's just disrespectful and rude. Like it's not quirky or fun. Um, and then I was always stressed because I was always running late and I always felt like I was apologizing for running late. So I was like, I'm tired of running late and I'm tired of not crossing things off my to-do list. What can I do about it? So timing and then realizing how much can I do in a day? and then making a realistic list from there um, was extremely helpful. So that was a huge thing I learned senior year of college. 
But then past that, I just had to fall on my face a lot of times. I'm someone who really does learn from failing. And you can ask my dad that he could have told me something and I would have said, yeah, yeah, I know better. And then fallen on my face and then ended up going the thing that he told me was correct um, kind of thing where I'm very hard headed and that's good for me in some ways. But I did just have to fall on my face a few times. And then once um, Alex and I got married, it was huge because he um, really opened my eyes to what a chronic complainer I was about a lot of things. And of course, you're allowed to complain and vent and have your days, but I was complaining about things that I could fix. And so something that I've learned not only within business stuff, but within so many aspects of life is Alex always tells me, he's like, if you're going to complain about it, you if you haven't done anything to fix it, you can't complain about it. And I thought he was, I was like, excuse me, I'm your new wife. What do you mean? I can complain about whatever I want. Um, But he was just like, if you're going to complain about it, but you haven't tried to fix it, like, don't complain about it to me. And I was just like, that was so harsh. Why would you say that to me? Um, And then I realized how true it was where I was like chronically complaining about things that I could fix, where I was like, oh, this client is always texting me in the middle of my workout and asking me something about about their training. And he goes, well, do you tell them they can't do that? And I'm like, no, but like, why would they just text me all the time? And so then I realized, okay, instead of sending training out at this all variable time, I decided training is always going out on the weekend to everyone. Training you will get on the weekend. You will have time to look over it. Everyone's going to start their training on a Monday, whether it's a rest day or training day, you're starting training on a Monday. You get it on the weekend. Any questions about your training have to be asked when you receive it. You should be an adult, look over your training and ask me questions. And that just took that huge thing that was a huge stressor off my plate by just changing that and then speaking to someone that like my clients weren't maliciously texting me and thinking that they were irritating me. I just never spoke up about it. And I was complaining about it for something that I could change is that I never vocalized, Hey, this needs to be done in email or you need to look at your training. And so then I made a post in the Facebook group. And then from then on with every client was very clear. Do not text me while you are at the gym or on your way to the gym about something within your training. You should have already looked through your training and asked any questions so I can show up for you as the best coach. And the line that I use, and it's not even a line, it's the truth, is I want to put things in place to allow me to show up as the best coach for you. Um, and I can't show up for the best coach if I'm ask, if I'm answering texts all day long. I can't do that. I can show up for the best coach if I tell you that I'm going to be sending over training and I know and expect that all training questions are coming on a Saturday or Sunday. And I can show up for the best coach because I'm aware of that. I know that it's coming and I've also made sure that there's as few questions as possible within training, like linking every exercise on the training so they can't ask, what is this? Um, For making sure that I'm aware of every piece of equipment that someone has so I don't program something in training and they text me and say, I don't have a lying hamstring curl, what should I do? So even just getting better at my job and then getting better at like falling on my face and standing back up from it, Um, where it's like I was complaining about oh, my check-ins are always late. People just send them at like 10 p.m. And it's like, what the crap? I'm not going to start a workday at 10 p.m. And then it was like, well, did you tell them they have a deadline? Or were you strict about that deadline? Because I did have a deadline, but I was never strict about it because I wanted people to like me. Um, And then I was like, okay, it has to be in by noon EST. 
And if it's later than noon at EST, then it's getting pushed to the next day or you have no promise of it being within that 48 hours. Um, so being able to let them know that what they expect from me and what I say that I'm going to do is completely dependent on if they follow through on their end. So yeah, I say on my onboarding calls, you will always hear back from me within 24 to 48 hours if it's within the time frame that we've already agreed upon. Because if you send your check-in on a Saturday night at 10 p.m., who knows if you'll hear back from me within 24 to 48 hours because your check-in was actually supposed to be to me by Thursday by noon. So that like your disrespect of my time shows me that I don't need to twist and fall on my back for you. And that was a huge thing for me is realizing that not that I have the power and I don't want any of this podcast people to be listening to it and be like, man, she's really harsh where it's like, I'm talking about the business aspects of being a coach. And you can ask any of my clients that I'm not a harsh and rude, ruthless human being, or I wouldn't have clients, but it's the fact of being able to put these things in place. And I had to be harsh with myself because I have such a hard time of wanting to please people, that I had to be very harsh so that they knew like, oh, she means business. I need to do this. And no one really questions it now. But the problem was the time of me being a pushover to me being harsh was hard when I wasn't starting off with one way or the other, where it's like if you start as a pushover and then you try to be harsh, then they feel like you're changing on what you set out. But if you start off with the expectations you have and you keep those in place, that all of my clients are so understanding of it. And if anyone ever sends a check-in late, they're like, I understand if this gets answered late, like in their check-in, they're like, I'm so sorry for sending this late. I understand if this gets answered late, like this was my fault kind of situation. Um, where before it was like, throw caution to the wind, I'll get to sue when I get to sue. Um, and so like being able to put those in place was huge for me um, for my sanity and my work-life balance, as well as being able to put in place like, and when you think about it, when you're trying to be successful within fitness and nutrition, you have to be able to be accountable to yourself. Like mm -hmm. you, a coach is helpful, but you have to be accountable to yourself. And so for like <clears throat> me to have different things in place of like, okay, you have to get this in by noon. That's another thing that they're realizing a structure of and that they have to be capable enough to do. Um, so it's being able to see like, okay, I'm able to do these things. And then it puts in more um, in their head of, okay, I'm accomplishing this task. And then they can keep accomplishing more and more tasks that they're doing. Um, so it, it's really about falling on your face, um, asking seeing yourself what you're complaining about and what you're resentful for and being able to do that. So something that Austin had once told me, and I tell it to anyone who asks is, if you ever have had to answer a question twice, either make a, an article about it, make a video, make a resource about it. Because I was getting so frustrated of like, I've answered this question a million times. And he was like, well, why don't you have it? Why don't you have it somewhere? Like that's a waste of your time to retype it out every single time. And so then I started to make more and more resources and clients became more and more appreciative because it wasn't coming from, you can tell when something's coming from a place of resentment or frustration. You can, like at the end of the day, you can. And so they could tell to a small degree that I was answering their question with frustration. And then they feel less inclined to ask me things and it creates a weird dynamic to the point of now when they ask something I'm like, 
oh my gosh, I have a great resource for you. Here it is. They see the effort that went into that resource because I will not produce crappy content. That is just, I'm a perfectionist. Um, And then they feel that I was there and providing for them and showing up for them. Um, And I was able to do it without pulling my hair out. So being able to kind of see where that lies and then being able to make a system for that is just how it goes. It's just falling, standing back up and then trying again. That's so good. And and I think like the, the one thing that I like, I, I like wrote, had to write down my notes is it, it, it feels like, like you were saying like, Oh, you know, I don't want to come off as, you know, like I'm, I'm being just like ruthless about stuff and I'm like, I'm too strict or I'm, I'm like mean or whatever, because like really like the, the core of why you're doing it is like, it, it comes from this place of like, I know that I need to, you know, I, I am a pushover. Like I'm so aware of my strengths and my weaknesses that I know that like for me to really help you, I have to be like this. And, and, and I think like the big thing is like, it actually is your priority. It like, it's a prioritization thing. Your priority isn't just telling people what to do and uh, stuff like that. Your priority is like, I have to provide very clear expectations and boundaries and guidelines so that like my biggest priority, which is genuinely helping people, I can fully accomplish that to the best of my ability. Um, I know, I know we're, sorry, go ahead. Uh, uh, I, I said know 100%. Time, but I, I want to, I always like to ask like, what, um, what, what's like one of the biggest surprises that you've had over your journey so far? Like what's like one thing where you were very surprised by it and, and like really kind of stuck with you? Um, that's a good question. Um, what was I biggest surprise? I guess uh, a big surprise for me was once other people started to see me in the way that I had wanted them to see me for so long. Um, and it came from like just truly showing up as myself where for so long I was trying to do what other people were doing and trying to, um, like, copy or um, emulate what other people were doing within their coaching. And all I wanted to do was to be looked at as someone who was an educational resource and knew what they were doing. Um, And for the first few years of my coaching, I was that somewhat, but then I wasn't brought up in certain conversations and all that. And so then I was always doubting myself and my skills because I knew that I was capable. I knew that I was intelligent. I knew that I could help people, but I didn't know how many other people saw me that way. Um, And so it was great once I started to realize that people saw me as that and it all came from the way I portrayed myself um, and being able to like show up in that way um, for people to start coming to me and already attracting my ideal client without even trying kind of situations. That was a huge like surprise and turning point for me where it was like, oh man, like I can be this person that I want to be. I don't have to feel like I'm in the shadow of someone else. Um, I can be this intellectual coach that is touted within the fitness community and be that person that people see. Um, And I'd wanted that for so long. So when I started to like recognize people seeing me that way, it was sort of a surprise because I was like, oh gosh, this is happening. Um, Everything that I've been working for and everything that I have been putting together year after year has been working um, to be able to do that. So it's it's really cool to see on onboarding forms or to get on a call and someone be like, I've wanted to work for 
with physique development for a long time, or um, like I've been saving up for physique development because I understand what the cost is and I didn't want to get on this call until I knew I could commit. Um, or like, I can't believe that I'm being able to work with you and I'm not on a wait list or whatever it may be. Like, those are all huge surprises to me still, where I still get a little giddy, where I'm like, oh my gosh, like I'm just, I'm just Sue. I'm just like an everyday person because I came from such like beginnings that a lot of my clients come from of not knowing anything about fitness, not knowing anything about that, being so lost in their body, so lost in who they were. And now being to where I am now, it's crazy to look back on and it's crazy to be reminded of that um, and to kind of like see that come to fruition. Um, so that's kind of been a, a huge, I would say it's a surprise, but it's also like, when I look back, it's like, okay, you've worked for that. That happens, but it still feels like a surprise to me that people get like so excited about physique development and so excited about working with us um, and are already so confident coming into the call that they know exactly what we do and who we are that like we even get on calls sometimes where someone's like, I already know what the service is. I already talked to some of your clients. I want to sign up, send me the link. And it's like, what? Me? Okay, yeah. here's the link. Like, let's do this. Um, so I always get super excited about that stuff. That's, I mean, and, th and that's where you like, you learn. Like, I think it's like kind of two sides of like, you've kind of been enough all along, right? Like that person yeah. that, that you wanted to be, all you had to do was like stand up. Like, I'm Sue Gaines. But then <laughs> at the exact same time, like seeing like all of that hard work, all of the struggle, it all pays dividends. Like uh, if I had given up, I would have never had those moments. I, I think that's, that's so inspiring. Um, how can people get in touch with you if yeah. they want to get shredded, if they want to learn some stuff, all of the different things. Talk to me. Yeah. So you can find me on Instagram at Sue Gaines with a Z. Um, and if you want just a little funny story about how that Instagram name came about um, in college, well, in high school, since I was on broadcast journalism, I did the sports. So my name was Sporty Sue. And that was my like social media handle for everything was Sporty Sue. Then I get to college and I did play sports all through high school, but I get to college and I didn't play sports. So everyone was like, why are you sporty, Sue? No one understood. They're like, you don't play a sport. You're not inherently sporty. What's the deal? And I was like, I did the news and I did the sports. Um, but then I had like gone recently to a Two Chains concert and someone was like, you should make it Sue Chains. And so my personal Instagram was always Sue Chains. And oh that God. was like, when I went to parties in college, people would be like, Sue Chains. And I was like, this is great. I love this. Um, and then it went into me starting a fitness Instagram. Um, and I was trying to think, and I was like, I'll just be like Sue Fit. Um, and then I was like, no, it has to be Sue Gaines, like Sue Chains, Sue Gaines. Um, some people think my maiden name is Gaines. Um, it's not, but it's whatever. So that that's where the Sue Gaines came I, I am, because when I, when I read it straight up, when I read it, I go, Sue Gaines? Like, yeah. like two chains. You know what I mean? It's like I read it as two chains because yeah. it's like the exact, it like sounds exactly the same. That is the best story. <laughs> I'm Literally so someone happy. the other day was like, what was your maiden name? And someone like stopped and was like, it's Gaines. And they thought like I was spelling Gaines with a Z as a joke. And my maiden name was spelled like G-A-I-N-E-S. But I like added the Z to like make it like punny. And I yeah. was like, I like stopped because it was one of my friends. And I was like, 
my maiden name's not Gaines. And they're like, oh my gosh, it's not. They like completely forgot for a second just because they had, before they knew me, they thought that. And then like, they just like perpetuated that moving forward where my maiden name is strange. So then it's hard to correct people where they're like, oh, it's Gaines. I was like, no, it's strange. And they're like, okay, what is it? And I'm like, no, like my maiden name actually was strange. Like Sue Strange was my name. Um, but now I'm Sue Bush. So Sue Gaines uh, is what, what the people call me. Um, but you can find me <laughs> at Sue Gaines with a Z. Um, or you can email me. I'm very good at answering emails. Sue at physiquedevelopment.com. Um, you can also go to just physiquedevelopment.com, read a little bit more about each of the coaches um, we have right now. Um, you can inquire via that. We even have articles going over like what the onboarding process looks like, um, what it is to like be a client for physique development, um, what all of that looks like, as well as a bunch of other videos and articles just a lot on there. Um, so those would be the three main places to find me. Um, and you can DM me on Instagram or email me any questions that you have, anything. If you're a coach listening to this and you want me to clarify anything that I talked about that you're kind of like, I, you kind of skipped over things because my brain does go in opposite directions, um, then you can send me over an email, um, anything like that. Or if you're listening to this and you want to sign up, then you can do that as well. Um, but yeah, that's where you can find me. Awesome. Well, I, I think this is such a valuable episode. Thank you so much for joining me. You are welcome. Thanks for having me.